In honor of Father's Day, uh, I want to bring on our next guest, who has over 39 years of experience as a lawyer, a judge, an author, a mother, and a speaker on family law issues uh, nationally and especially in the Chicago area. She's a child of divorce herself. She, she has a great perspective on these things. She served as a family law judge for 19 years and is now one of the most sought-after mediators in Chicago, helping high conflict resolution of of cases in jams which is the organization that's set up for mediation and arbitration she's the author of good karma divorce avoid litigation turn negative emotions into positive actions and get on with life which is a wonderful book michelle rance welcome to the show michelle how are you Oh, I'm wonderful. It's wonderful to be on the show with you, Karen. I am a avid follower and always have been since you've been on the radio. Well, we have we go way back to the WJJD days of radio where you had your radio show and I had mine and we were kind of like but up next to each other and uh it, it was always nice to to share to share talks with you. But uh You've been a great colleague, and you're just, you have such a great perspective on settling these things and resolving disputes instead of in, you know, getting people to fight. And I guess I want to talk a little bit about the issue of divorce, and mothers and fathers are fighting about spending time with their children. And what do you say about the issue of whether or not children can come out of a divorce unscathed? Um, yes. The answer is yes, they can, but it depends on a few things. They cannot come out of divorce unscathed in a high-conflict divorce. Cannot. Would it be very direct about that? But with good, all the studies show when there's good joint parenting, even if the parties don't like each other, even if they don't get along, that is the deal-maker for children coming out okay in a divorce, how the parents joint parent. Not whether there's one great parent, that doesn't do it. It's about the joint parenting. So, you know, I hear this all the time. One, you know, it's always, you know, pointing fingers at each other. It's my wife, she's impossible. She doesn't do this. That dad doesn't feed him the right food and he's always late. So, how do you resolve those kinds of disputes? How do you calm parents down and, and try to get them to understand that what you just said is that this, this taking the conflict out is going to be healthy for the children? It doesn't matter what they eat, if it's organic strawberries or not. It's, it's much more important to have no conflict in the child's life. Well, well, maybe the parent is right. Maybe one of the parents doesn't brush the teeth as much as they should or doesn't do something they should. But the question is, would you rather be right or would you rather your children be happy and mentally healthy? A lot of parents are absolutely right and their criticisms are valid, but it's, do you tell the children that? Do you insulate the children and put them in a protective bubble so that they don't know you're criticizing the other parent? I mean, you get to say what you need to say as a parent, like you need to brush the teeth more, but you can't carry any of that hostility or venom in the direction of the child. What are some... T- and I, I just want to say yeah. one thing when I say Happy Father's Day to, to all the fathers. I want to share with them that last Saturday, I was at ballet class with my granddaughter, and there were five fathers who had taken their daughters to ballet class. Oh. About 10. So times <laughs> have changed. 
times have changed, and it's so good to see that. I mean, you know, mothers are yeah. being tasked with financial support for their children, and dads start stepping up to the plate and making lunches and doing all those good things. And and uh, it's it's nice to see that. It is nice to see both parents being involved in just different aspects of their children's lives. Do you have any, like, bullet point tips? So, like, for people out there who maybe are in the middle of a divorce, thinking about a divorce, or maybe in the aftermath of a divorce, what are some bullet point ideas about how to keep the kids healthy throughout, you know, this little, maybe tense period? Well, there's a couple of ways that I can answer that, Karen. One of them has to do with the what not to do, and the other one has to do with what are the benefits of putting your children ahead of your own anger. See, Divorce is one of the most, you know this because you practice in this field really well, I might add. But Thank you. It's, it's one of the most painful experiences anybody can go through. And in that pain, sometimes people feel that anger is empowering and feel anger towards the other person. And maybe they're right. And maybe they have reasons to be angry. Maybe they have reasons to feel they have been betrayed. I don't mean just with the third person. I mean betrayal of the vows and you promised to love me. And maybe are justified in that anger. But the key thing is, what comes first? The mental health of your children or some kind of justified anger? And that is always the tug of war that is so hard to rise above all the emotionality you feel in the divorce to protect your children. I'm not saying it's easy. It's one of the most difficult things in the world. That's why I write about it as heroic parenting. Because do you have the capacity to do that? Do you have the capacity to let the children know that the other parent, although you may not be married, has all kinds of good qualities and to support them? Because a child believes they are half of both of you. If you say anything negative about the other parent, the child takes it in as there's something wrong with them. So lots of wars can happen. And if you figure out how not to go to war and to be what I call child-centric in a divorce, then the joys you get are the joys of the children having extended families and being okay with them instead of everybody picking sides and going to war, having children who are not manipulative because they have to not like the other parent to try and get love from the parent, the other parent. It's a horrible situation. Very manipulative. Pretty pretty awful, yeah. And, you know, it seems to me that it takes a lot of discipline to do that because... But, you know, it takes a lot of discipline to do a lot of things in life. Whatever you choose to do in your job or your exercise or anything you, you want to excel at, you've got you've to hold yourself back from doing things that maybe you feel like doing. And so I always tell my clients, you got to think before you act on these things. These are, like you say, super emotional things. You betrayed me. You told me this. You, you know, you cheated. You took my money. You, whatever it is, you took the best years of my life. All of those things, you just have to put that down and you have to come up with a game plan and write it out if you have to on how I'm going to treat my other my spouse how I'm going to treat my child it's just I imagine it's super hard but yeah and and that and people should really consider if they're really struggling with it should really consider um, some kind of joint parenting therapy even if it's just six sessions 
it's really a good idea because if you have somebody that you both trust or a joint parenting coach, then every time there's a flare-up, and there will be human, we all do things that uh, we're not proud of, you get to say, let's go have a session, we're having some problems. Instead of going out, hiring lawyers, going to court, fighting it all out, you have contained it in a place that by then the joint therapist knows you, knows the problems, has an idea about your children. But the main thing is you want the children to know that the world is a safe place. If parents are fighting, then the world is a very scary place for them, and they will pick up on the anxiety of the parents. Sure. You know, I, I, I think it's a, it's good to share, and I know Father's Day is a very happy thing, but you let me get on the show, so I'm going to say it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm going to go there. Okay. Um, there's a, there was a longitudinal study done out of Arizona State by Dr. William Fabricius. He's online, and you can all look it up. And what they did was they did a, a longitudinal study over 10 years of children of joint um, high-conflict parenting. And what they found out, the children of high-conflict parenting, who we always knew had problems with drug addiction and alcoholism, we've known that, like, for a long time, but they've now found out that children of high-conflict parenting um, have higher mortality rates. Like, this is like, what? Why is this? Because the stress hormone, cortisol, is leached out from the parents because they're in a cortisol load because they're fighting with each other or going to court. And the children who find that the world is so stressful and they're so frightened about what's happening have their own cortisol dump. So cortisol, which is poison to the system, it's like battery acid. So we find that children of high-conflict divorce are developing their immune, pituitary, hormonal, endocrine, reproductive systems are developing a battery acid, which is what cortisol is. So when I say from the heart to find a way to put your children in a safety bubble, you can do it. And for all those people out there who think it's too late, it's never too late to teach children repairing skills. And even if you are fighting with your spouse, you can model for them what it means to be angry, to be sad, and find skills for resiliency. But you have to model them for the children. Because you may be right in your fight, you may want that extra Tuesday night, but you can never buy back their mental health. It's yours to lose. So it's a, and I'm so glad you're doing the show, Karen, because it's such a big deal. It's a great message. Michelle Lawrence is here with us. She's the author of Good Karma Divorce. I really, really think that this is this is such a great read for anybody, like I said, who's going through one, has been through one, have children who are going through a divorce. It's an excellent book, Good Karma Divorce, available everywhere. Um, let's take a break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about this presumed 50-50 parenting. It seems to me that a lot of states are trying to pr- pass laws that give parents 50-50 parenting time, and I want to weigh in with you, Michelle on whether you think that's a good idea. This is WGN. Happy Father's Day to everyone. 
We're here with retired Judge Michelle Loran. She's not retired from life. She's just retired from the bench. She is a mediator with JAMS. Michelle, can you give out your contact information to anyone who might want to reach out and and have you as a mediator uh, on their divorce case or a case involving children? So um, they just need to call um, JAMS and ask for Kaylee Evans, J-A-M-S. And that's really the best way to do it. Sure. And I really uh, encourage everyone to engage in mediation. If you have children's issues in particular, it really makes a lot of sense to get those things mediated rather than litigated because the last person you want, sorry, Judge Judge, uh, Lawrence, I know you were a great judge for so many years, but the last person who knows your family is the judge. So, you know, between you and your spouse or soon to be ex-spouse, you probably will make a better decision than any public servant who's being paid by the government. Just a little... Uh, side on that. Um, let's talk about 50-50 parenting time. I know there's a lot of fathers out there. I read a study that said that uh, in the United States, fathers get approximately 23% of parenting time with children. And that uh, six states, as, as I have counted them, have passed versions of a law that say that there's a presumption of 50-50 parenting time. If you want to prove otherwise, you have to have clear and convincing evidence, which means a higher standard of proof in order to say that you should have more. Um, do you think that these laws are good, Michelle, where, where there's a presumption that the par- that child spends 50% with each parent? Um, boy, that's a, that's a super highly charged um, question and a really important one because there couldn't be anything more important in the world of families than that presumption. I don't think it's wrong, but I think every family is as unique as a fingerprint. And to put that presumption means that um, you could have a parent who is completely uninvolved, a parent who has strong mental health issues. There's, There's so many reasons why you have to take a more of a microscopic look to see what is best for the children. It's a philosophical presumption, but when it becomes law, I think it's really, really tricky. One of the things that I see, because people do come to mediation, um, I want 50-50, and it becomes a real kind of -of tug-of-war when they're not always looking at the best interests of the children. When they make that, it's, Karen, it's sort of like that feels fair. Right. And... The idea of fairness may always be in conflict with what's right for the child. But, you know, fairness, it's such a deep emotion. For me, fairness is just a, uh, a par- an empty parking lot with a Ferris wheel. I'm not sure I know what it means, but I know that it's, it's more to make the parent help with their own grief and loss. Listen. We know how it's been for a long time. Somebody's going out there, maybe both parents are working, and then it's it's a little easier to talk about 50-50. But when one parent is a stay-at-home and the other person has gone out and lost a lot of parenting time because they're working, and then it comes to divorce and people are afraid, let's just say traditionally, let's say the father is working. So during his marriage, he can come home, kiss the children, good night, have relevance in terms of decision-making, 
when you get a divorce, all of a sudden there's a tremendous fear of loss of relevance, loss of influence, loss of access, and yes, dare I say, loss of love. So people are coming into the mediation thinking 50-50 is going to help manage that grief. When really you need to remain child-centered, and 50-50 may be it, but you really have to take a look. And the law also requires some kind of look back, which means what was it? What was the parenting time? And that's also relevant to it. Well, because the status quo is what you agreed upon when you were getting along. And again, things change when you divorce. But, you know, to change and uproot a child's entire schedule and, you know, sleeping and school and driving and all of those issues, you know, it, it, it can be it can be really daunting for the child, really. You know, and, and I think some people, like you said, they focus on the fairness of it. And, and, and they find, you know, hey, if it's not 50-50, you're saying I'm a bad parent. And that's not what the courts say. The courts might say you're a great parent, but it's not in their best interest to go back and forth every two days. But the, the working parent is getting more parenting time than they did traditionally. That's true. It, honestly, and for years and years, it was like the working parent got alternating weekends and a Wednesday for dinner. That is absolutely not the case anymore. You will see more Thursday to Mondays alternating. You will see a couple weekdays with overnights. It, it, it really has changed. I, I should give you. I should give the phone number because I just didn't remember it. Oh, for the for I never call it, but it's three one two six five five zero five five five. And the beauty of mad at me if I don't do that. <laughs> yeah, well, the beauty the beauty of of mediation is that you can craft kind of creative solutions to problems when when the judge has the gavel in her hand she can only do so much because of the law and the law is is you know it's okay but it doesn't allow creativity it doesn't allow someone to really get to know your family and the judge has 500 cases on the docket and how is the judge going to know what's best for, for johnny right so this when you put your case in the hands of a mediator a skilled mediator like like michelle rance you're going to have somebody who can really Get to, get to the issues immediately and try to think about the children, try to pull people in the right direction. And I, I see these these agreements that come out of mediation, and they're beautiful. They're, they, they last. Everyone's agreeable to it. No one got something foisted on them. And they're more likely to be sustainable, you know, because both parties had an interest in agreeing to it. And, and I think there's, there's value to that. That's a, that's a really good point, because if, if you go to court to fight out parenting time, then you are more likely, the studies show you are more likely to do everything in court. So once you light a match, you can't call, control the direction of the flames, at least in mediation. And I'm not saying that that's necessarily fun, because it's on a very heart-wrenching topic. But once you say, yeah, we made deals in mediation, and then we're fighting over whether or not... Um, Little Jason should do touch football or high contact, and you have a real parenting issue. You say, well, we usually have differences of opinion, but we know we can figure it out. We've done it before. People who go to court initially usually stay in court. That's true. That's true. And and it's uh and you know we have all kinds of things now too. We have like parenting coordinators who kind of stay on and they kind of help the parties navigate 
things like that, like you're talking about whether they're going to do ballet or tap. And, um, and, and some parents can't agree on anything. And so sometimes you do need that person or a mediator to be involved with the family on an ongoing basis. It's better than going to court. And I will tell you this, Michelle, you were a practitioner, you were a judge, you were a mediator. You know, anything's better than going to court, really. I will tell you that. Anything is better. It's stressful for me, and I've been doing it for 36 years. You know, right? Yeah. So. It, it is. It's eviscerating because you can't, you know, the judges are so busy. And each one, on parenting time, there's no actual law. So it's as unique as a fingerprint. So mediation was anything. It would be more risk management than flying into free fall when you don't know what's going to happen and you don't have any control and somebody doesn't really have time to get into the nuances of what maybe a child has ADD and where should they be going to school and should they be on meds and all these complications that are so important. We, and, oh, and, I'm gonna, and I just want to say one thing because I know we'll, we'll run out of time. Yep. Just to all the people who have children, and are going through this really heartbreaking time. Remember, when your children were born, and you held them in your arms, and you said to yourself, I will do anything in this world to protect this child. Fast forward, you're going through a divorce, and now it's time to make good on that promise. You said you would do anything to protect the child, meaning you have to put the child's interests ahead of your own pain. Thank you, Judge. That is really good advice. Michelle Lorenz, thank you so much for joining us. Good Karma Divorce is the book, and I will put it on my website. Thank you, and happy Father's Day.